Thirteenth Lesson Prayer and Fasting Then the disciples came to Jesus apart, and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unfaithfulness. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this lineage of demons does not go out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 19-21 When the disciples saw Jesus cast the evil spirit out of the epileptic, whom they could not cure, they asked the Master why they had failed. He had given them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of weakness. Matthew 10, 1. They had often exercised that power, and joyfully told how the demons were subject to them. And yet now, while he was on the mount, they had utterly failed. There had been nothing in the will of God or in the nature of the case to render deliverance impossible. That was proved when the evil spirit left at Christ's bidding. From their expression, Why could not we cast him out? It is evident that they had wished and sought to do so. They had probably used the Master's name and called upon the evil spirit to go out. Their efforts had been in vain, and in the presence of the multitude they had been put to shame. Why could not we cast him out? Christ's answer was direct and plain Because of your unbelief, King James Version. The cause of his success and their failure was not due to his having a special power to which they had no access. No, the reason was not far from them. He had often taught them that there is one power, that of faith, to which everything must bow in the kingdom of darkness as in the kingdom of God. In the spiritual world, failure has one cause, the lack of faith. Faith is the one condition on which all divine power can enter into man and work through him. It is the responsiveness to the unseen, man's will yielded up to and molded by the will of God. They did not hold the power they had received to cast out demons in themselves as a permanent gift or possession. The power was in Christ, to be received, held, and used by faith alone as living faith in Him. Had they been full of faith in Him as Lord and conqueror in the spirit world, and had they been full of faith in Him as having given them authority to cast out demons in His name, this faith would have given them the victory. Because of your unbelief was the Master's explanation and reproof of impotence and failure in His church for all time. But such lack of faith must have a cause. The disciples might have asked, And why could we not believe? Our faith has cast out demons before. Why have we now failed in believing? The Master proceeded to tell them before they asked, This lineage of demons does not go out but by prayer and fasting. As faith is the simplest exercise of spiritual life, so it is the highest, where our spirit yields itself in perfect receptivity to God's Spirit and is strengthened to its highest activity. This faith depends upon the state of the spiritual life. Only when the spiritual life is strong and in full health and the Spirit of God has full sway in our life is there the power of faith to do its mighty deeds. Therefore Jesus added, Howbeit this lineage of demons does not go out but by prayer and fasting. The faith that can overcome stubborn resistance such as you have seen in this evil spirit 
Jesus tells them, is not possible except for men living in very close fellowship with God and in very special separation from the world, in prayer and fasting. And so he teaches us two lessons of deep importance about prayer. The one is that faith needs a life of prayer in which to grow and keep strong. The other is that prayer needs fasting for its full and perfect development. Faith needs a life of prayer for its full growth. In all the different parts of a spiritual life, there is such close union, such unceasing action and reaction, that each may be both cause and effect. Thus it is with faith. There can be no true prayer without faith. Some measure of faith must precede prayer. And yet, prayer is also the way to more faith. There can be no higher degrees of faith except through much prayer. This is the lesson Jesus teaches here. Nothing needs to grow as much as our faith. Your faith grows exceedingly, is said of one church. 2 Thessalonians 1 3. When Jesus spoke the words, According to your faith be it unto you, he announced the law of the kingdom, which tells us that all people do not have the same degrees of faith. One person may have varying degrees, and the amount of faith will always determine the amount of power and of blessing. If we want to know where and how our faith is to grow, the Master points us to the throne of God. It is in prayer, in the exercise of the faith I have, in fellowship with the living God, that faith can increase. Faith can only live by feeding on what is divine, God Himself. It is in the adoring worship of God, the waiting on Him and for Him, the deep silence of soul that yields itself for God to reveal Himself, that the capacity for knowing and trusting God will be developed. As we take His Word from the Blessed Book and bring it to Him and ask Him to speak it to us with His living, loving voice, the power will come to believe and receive the Word as God's own Word to us. In prayer, in living contact with God in living faith, the power to trust God and accept everything He says, to accept every possibility He has offered to our faith, will become strong in us. Many Christians cannot understand what is meant by much prayer, and they cannot form a perception or feel the need of spending hours with God. But what the Master says, the experience of His people has confirmed. Men of strong faith are men of much prayer. This brings us back to the lesson we learned when Jesus first said, Have faith in God. It is God, the living God, into whom our faith must strike its roots deep and broad. Then it will be strong enough to remove mountains and cast out demons. If ye have faith, nothing shall be impossible to you. Oh, if we give ourselves up to the work God has for us in the world, and come into contact with the mountains and the demons to be cast away and cast out, we would soon comprehend the need for much faith and much prayer. In this soil, faith can be cultivated. Christ Jesus is our life and the life of our faith. His life in us makes us strong and makes us simple to believe. Scripture the exposition of thy words gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Psalm 119, 130. In the dying to self, which much prayer implies, and in closer union with Jesus, the spirit of faith will come in power. Faith needs prayer for its full growth.
and prayer needs fasting for its full growth. This is the second lesson. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other with which we let loose and cast away the visible. Nothing connects man more closely to the world of sense than his need for food and his enjoyment of it. It was the fruit, good for food, which tempted man and caused him to fall from paradise. It was with bread to be made from stones that Jesus was tempted when he hungered in the wilderness, but by fasting he triumphed. The body has been redeemed to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is in body as well as spirit that Scripture says we are to glorify God by eating and drinking. This eating to the glory of God has not yet become a spiritual reality to many Christians. The first thought suggested by Jesus' words about fasting and prayer is that it is only in a life of moderation and temperance and self-denial that there will be the heart or the strength to pray much. But there is also its more literal meaning. Sorrow and anxiety cannot eat. Joy celebrates its feasts with eating and drinking. There may come times of intense desire when it is felt strongly how the body, with its appetites, lawful though they are, still hinders the spirit in its battle with the powers of darkness, and the need is felt to keep it under control. We are creatures of the senses. Our mind is helped by what comes to us embodied in concrete form. Fasting helps to express, to deepen, and to confirm our resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything to sacrifice ourselves to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. He who accepted the fasting and sacrifice of the Son knows to value and accept and reward with spiritual power the soul that is thus ready to give up all for Christ and His kingdom. Then follows a still wider application. Prayer is the reaching out after God and the unseen. Fasting is the letting go of all that is of the seen and temporal. Ordinary Christians imagine that all that is not positively forbidden and sinful is lawful to them, and they seek to retain as much as possible of this world with its property, its literature, and its enjoyments. The truly consecrated soul is as the soldier who carries only what he needs for the warfare. Laying aside every weight, as well as the irresistible sin, Afraid of entangling himself with the affairs of this life, he seeks to lead a Nazarite life, as one specially set apart for the Lord and his service. Without such voluntary separation, even from what is lawful, no one will attain power in prayer. This lineage of demons does not go out but by prayer and fasting. Disciples of Jesus, you have asked the Master to teach you to pray. Come now and accept his lessons. He tells you that prayer is the path to faith, strong faith that can cast out demons. He tells you, If ye have faith, nothing shall be impossible to you. Let this glorious promise encourage you to pray much. Is the prize not worth the price? Shall we not give up all to follow Jesus in the path he opens to us here? Shall we not fast if need be? Shall we not refrain from doing anything that the body or the world could hinder us in our great life work, having communication with our God in prayer that we may become men of faith whom He can use in His work of saving the world? O oh, Lord Jesus, 
how continually you have to reprove us for our unbelief. How strange this terrible incapacity of trusting our Father and His promises must appear to you. Lord, let your reproof with its searching because of your unbelief sink into the very depths of our hearts and reveal to us how much of the sin and suffering around us is our fault. Teach us, blessed Lord, that there is a place where faith can be learned and gained, even in the prayer and fasting that brings us into living and abiding fellowship with you and the Father. O Saviour, you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. Teach us what it is to let you live in us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, our efforts and prayers for grace to believe have been so ineffective. We know why. We sought for strength in ourselves to be given from you. Holy Jesus, teach us the mystery of your life in us, and how by your Spirit you live in us the life of faith and ensure that our faith will not fail. Oh, let us see that our faith will be a part of that wonderful prayer life which you give to those who expect their training for the ministry of intercession to come not only in words and thoughts, but also from the inflowing of the Spirit of your own life. Teach us how, in fasting and prayer, we may grow up to the faith for which nothing shall be impossible. Amen. Note. At the time when Blumhart passed through his terrible conflict with the evil spirits in those who were possessed and sought to cast them out by prayer, he often wondered what it was that hindered the answer. One day a friend to whom he had spoken of his trouble directed his attention to our Lord's words about fasting. Blumhart resolved to give himself to fasting, sometimes for more than thirty hours. From reflection and experience he gained the conviction that it is more important than is generally thought. He said, Since fasting is a practical proof of a matter of true and pressing interest, and it strengthens the intensity and power with the unceasing practical expression of a prayer without words, I could believe that it would not be without results, especially as the Master's words had reference to a case like the present. I tried it without telling anyone, and in truth, the later conflict was lightened by it. I could speak with much greater restfulness and decision. I did not need to be with a sick one for so long, and I felt that I could influence without being present. 